Previously on the Simon and Ross podcast. Welcome, welcome to Michaela, who's joined us for a, for her uh, top five movies. Hello, Michaela. Hello. Hello is, this, is this thing on? Hello? Hello? <laughs> I'm technically one of the four mistakes my mum produced. Uh, one of the two uh, in, in the 90s, uh, scientifically. Well, did you just fall out while she was shopping? <laughs> <laughs> memories that I think should be... Uh, memories, man. Films that I think that should be. Films are memories, though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. The relentless monstrosity of a film, rife with fetishized cellulite, disgusting food, and firehose penises. It's not for everyone, but perhaps it should be. Firehose penises. <laughs> fetishized cellulite. <laughs> These are all good names to the podcast, Ross. Keep going. <laughs> Have you got a copy of my Christmas list there? <laughs> right okay so uh, did you want to tell us about your fourth one then yeah yeah <laughs> so uh, so I'm try- I need to read this and just not say the name because I'm that type of person that just reads and speaks exactly what's on the paper and I should have just crossed it out so I didn't just spoil it because <laughs> I, I was out to say fourth yeah it's this <laughs> 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 all right so ready Michaela's number four there you go <laughs> So it's a, a 2010 coming-of-age comedy drama film written and directed by Richard Ayoade. It was his debut film. It, um, c- can I ask a question? Yeah. Did Alex Turner do the soundtrack? He did. That's my next fact. And it oh. went to the UK Albums Chart number 35 in that's 2011. Alex Turner of the um, Arctic Monkeys. The Arctic Monkeys. Yeah, he contributed six songs one of the songs he re-recorded and that went on to Suck It and See a bit later, but it was originally done for... <laughs> that is a clue. <laughs> you just guess and props now. Look, it didn't get the whole pipe of dicks out. I've been waiting about 10 years to use that prop and I miss me. <laughs> <laughs> Just had a clear out over Christmas. Oh, no. Can <laughs> I tell you, right? Wait there. <laughs> um, so I, th- I think your, your number four film is Submarine. Yes. Yes, that is yeah. correct. I've never seen it. I don't know whether... Have you seen it, Sai? Yeah. I couldn't... I wouldn't have guessed that you would see it. It's a very... I don't know. How would you describe it? I, d- I don't really remember that much about it. Is it? Is it? I think is it one of the films that not an awful lot happens. Yeah. Yeah. Really. Um, it, it doesn't. The boy just wander around an awful lot. <laughs> sort of, and then gets his heart broken, and then yeah. just fires and stuff. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's very much a film that I, I watched when I was sit, sort of in college, and it has sort of a little place in in my heart. I don't yeah. know. It's it's just some of that again. I keep coming back to it's nothing amazingly brilliant. Yeah, the actor is known for 
Well, it's, he's known for a couple of films. I forgot what his, what his name is, but um, I can't remember. He, he, um, he was in a lot of CBBC shows. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Which wasn't the greatest of past, to be honest. And then the the main woman in it, uh, Joanna Page, she. Um, oh, Gavin and Stacey lady. No, no. Uh, Yasmin Page. Oh. <laughs> is it Yasmin Page? Is it? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Joanna Page. Joanna Page. Joanna was Page in- is. Yeah. Oh, that's the yeah. Uh, Craig Roberts was in it. Yasmin Page, Sally Hawkins, uh, Paddy Constantine was in it. Gemma Chan. Paddy Constantine uh, is uh, one of my favourite British actors. Yeah. Oh, I didn't no, know if there was any big name actors in it. I didn't recognise. Well, recognise. They've all gone on to sort of do a bit more since, really. I think. <laughs> You'd hope uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, Paddy Considine, I, I, knew, I first knew him from Shane Meadows from um, Dead Man's Shoes. Uh, still not, still not. Oh, watched you've that. got to watch that film, man. And then, uh, <laughs> and then, he, but he had a really good part, a really dark part in Peaky Blinders. Mm. That Priest. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah. I definitely watched him in and, that. Then. And Alex Turnerlink, he was in an Arctic Monkeys video. Oh. He, um, something to do. Um, what song was it? I remember it was on a roof. He was on a roof. Well, the the song that they recorded for um, Submarine was Piledriver Waltz, and that's the one that they re-recorded for Suck It and See. It wasn't right. wrote for Suck It and See, and they re-recorded that, so I wonder if they got them in for... Because that was the main tune that was the most familiar from Submarine, so I wonder... I'm doing a... Leave um, Before the Lights Come On. Okay, I think that was... I wonder if that was one of the songs. No, 2006 that was. Oh, then no. Then no. <laughs> <laughs> From the dates, that doesn't work. <laughs> uh, no, I, ha- I have watched it. I just I can't remember a single thing about it, but I know I've watched it. Um, I think I, I think I watched it because um, I knew that they'd done the soundtrack of probably Richard Ayoade as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what sort of got me in it. To be honest, it's not like the greatest film. I, like it, it's probably not massively worthy for my top four. Like I could have moved it, but it's just a film that is just one of my favourites. I enjoy it the, the more time it's played. It's just quite a, I don't know, just a dry, humid film that's good yeah. to put on and and watch. And I used to go to uh, the hairdressers and have a picture of the girl up to go. I want my hair to look like that. So <laughs> <laughs> that it holds a special memory. Like she, she was my sort of like. Now you just hold a Playmobil figure in front of them. Yeah. <laughs> I've got my Playmobil figure somewhere. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> I thought I lost it. I was like, no. But it's just next to my record player. So I just want to look like this. <laughs> Shame you can't do thumbnails for podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry that'll be on the cover don't worry that's, that's the co- you've just made the cover well done <laughs> oh dear Richard have you seen the new um, Pixar film that's just come out Soul is that Soul Soul yeah it looks class it was really good really good um, Richard Iowad is in that as well oh. and, Gra- and Graham Norton <laughs> It's, 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 it's pretty much his like third character um in the bill in graham norton which is really weird um but it's good it's worth watching definitely one of my favorite radio two djs graham norton 
uh, Ryland, obviously. Um, bloody Paul O'Grady, quality, quality. Who's, who's Ryland? Who's Ryland? Yeah. Everyone knows who fucking Ryland is. He's everywhere. He's doing supermarket sweep at the minute. It was on oh, this morning. Right, morning. sorry. I was thinking... Prime, prime figure of a man. Right, okay, right. He just got interviewed by Louis Farou at some point on yeah, his podcast was, series. Yeah. Oh, hell. Can I get that type of service? Where? Look at that. It's just, oh, I can just see white. Yeah. All right. It's, it's, it's just, it's crazy. I think, it, I think it's... I think it's a, I think it's a Bailey's hot chocolate. Oh, you. Oh. Corona looks absolutely shite now. <laughs> oh, it definitely is. It's nice. It's not even. It's it's, it's got piss. This was outside in the back street. <laughs> I've just oh. got an empty Dunder Mifflin cup with lipstick on. <laughs> Dunder Mifflin. What's that? Dunder Mifflin. The it's office. The All office. Right. I kind of wanted the world's best boss, but I'm happy with this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm going to be on my back in a minute. I'm jealous. Oh, that or I'll be just asleep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, has, has Richard Iwerdy done any more films? I can't, I can't remember if he's directed any more. I don't know. I think maybe that could have been a new top four, but I, I don't think so. Maybe. That's fine. I'm not a massive fan of sort of IORD sort of in general, really. It doesn't really. I think you, I don't know if it's like um, I don't know if it's like an age thing. I don't know. Like I'm, I'm finding there's like a, quite a lot of sort of uh, TV personalities. Let's call it that because IORD is sort of everywhere, isn't it? Yeah. Like, you know, whatever show you put on, you know, there's a pretty big chance. Maybe not so much recently, but certainly a couple of years ago, IORD was on every. It's almost like Catherine. Um, Ryan. Like Catherine Ryan now, she's fucking yeah. everywhere. And um and IOID was a bit like that. And I never watched I never watched the It crowd. Um I didn't really wasn't that into it. Um and then obviously he was he, he really took off, didn't he? And then he's done a few you both hate me, but I can tell you <laughs> But it's just because you said the it crowd. <laughs> and I was like, does he think like Richard Iordi some like chick flick like sort of like it sounds like a mean girl sort of thing? <laughs> I got that wrong. But it's just the IT crowd. It's the isn't IT, it? IT crowd. <laughs> I, I was scared though and bring it up because <laughs> no, 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 just, no. You must, you must correct him. You must correct him. Yeah, but a lot I, of the times I'm wrong. Like I remember yeah. calling like dressing gowns, dressing downs for like twenty years. <laughs> and I thought it was called that, and it made sense because you dress down obviously when you come back home. So it, like it, it's like putting on your dressing down. Well, did you, did you show up to an event in a dressing gown when like someone had said, "Oh, it's just like a dress down, you know, type event," and then you rock up in your dressing gown? Yeah, yeah, yeah you there. Your boss comes up to you and says, "Right, tomorrow it's dress down day." Uh, you know, <laughs> everyone else in the jeans. Luckily, it wasn't that public an event. Sort of that understanding of it, it was in the kitchen of my second uni house. <laughs> well, that's my dressing de- dressing down because I, I said I got a new dressing down for Christmas, and I still call it that. And they were like, "What? Like dressing down?" And apparently, right, another thing. So I say masters because I'm doing a masters, and it's the only posh word. A lot of Geordies say, right? So you usually you call it masters. Yeah. But like I said, masters, and I became so 
in, in my third year of uni, people used to call us masters because it was the only posh word I used to say. So that's what I got called. <laughs> and I had to get videos up of like Ant and Deck because they say it. So they say masters and they don't say masters. And it's like one of the only Geordie words that is often said like what did you what did you search for did you just search for ant and deck say master no (laughs) (laughs) i was trying to find like interviews and stuff like that and i did find something i don't know how i found it but i did find them saying it and i've got another friend from obviously newcastle and and they say it as well so it wasn't just me so there's a couple of things that i don't like I don't like saying, oh, you've got that wrong, like you've pronounced it incorrectly, because I'm scared it'll just be another one of the stories I tell people in the future of like the dressing down. It's or not the, the, the thing, that though, because like I noticed, like, um, like with my brother in law, when I was talking to him the other night, and he was talking about, he said the word um, plaster. Have you got any plasters? But he said, have you, have you got any plasters? And I was like, yeah, I looked at him and thought, like, I thought he had like a, like he'd like slurred his speech or something. <laughs> is he Australian? And I said, uh, "You got any plasters, mate?" He said, "Plasters." And I said, "Fucking, it's a plaster. Like, what the fuck are you talking about?" But that's, but that, that's, a, that, there's some people, Yorkshire people who do that. They, they make the air really long, and I don't really understand why. Like, because it doesn't. I say it as well, plasters. You say plasters. Why? Why do you do that? I have no idea. Well, it's the same with masters, and I was like, F- I can't do a masters. Parsnips. You've got parsnips. Yeah, but I don't say, how do I say it in my own fucking accent? Say, this creates some sort of paradox. Now. <laughs> <laughs> say I want some parsnips. 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 Yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty normal to me. But so it's LA then, isn't it? So what about. Um, Masters. What, about, what about the word flabbergasted? What do you go, flabbergasted? Flabbergasted. <laughs> flabbergasted. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> Those parsnips were amazing. I'm flabbergasted. <laughs> I've mastered cooking carrots. Oh, I've got my finger. I need a plaster. <laughs> it's, a, it's a weird because not no part of the accent to me were like you know it just it always stands out. Lloyd, whenever Lloyd used to say stuff. And he would say like, "Oh, pla- plaster." And I used to say, "Why are you saying it like that? Like, what's the?" It's just a real like an anomaly for me in the in the Yorkshire and Geordie accents. It is. It, it definitely it needs a scientific study why these sort <laughs> it needs of fucking sorting out. <laughs> <laughs> you just need to learn how to speak properly. That's all it is. I'm like an absolute <laughs> bastard. <laughs> <laughs> So number five was the Grand Budapest Hotel. I'm right with that, aren't I? Yeah, yeah. And uh, number four was Submarine. Very good. Right, are we ready for number three? Okay, so Michaela's number three. Three, three. Okay, Michaela. I'm never going to be over that. (laughs) How did you come on to creating that? I think I just tried it and realised it worked. (laughs) Like most things. That's, that's my mum's motto for child. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's it. <laughs> Made a lot of mistakes. Well practiced. <laughs> so, this one's 
2014 American drama film. Um, in the 87th Academy Awards, it won Best Film Editing, Best Sound Mixing, Best Supporting Actor, and nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay and Best Picture. Um, I, I think if anyone's going to guess this, it should be Ross, I reckon. I'm hoping. Um, I'm going to have that we then. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't, I didn't think you'd watch Submarine, so I mean, it could be full of surprises, this answer. Um, so the, the actor, um, fact away, maybe I should give that after. Um, so so the, the two main actors suffered brutal injuries during the production. In one scene, one character tackles the other character to the ground, and the end result was... Um, one of them suffering two broken ribs. Additionally, during the production of the film, um, the main actor, oh, I can't say that fact, shit. But it's, <laughs> if I say the main bit of the... Is it a comedy? No, it's a drama. Okay, I'll give sort of a bit of a spoiler away. So the actor performed most of the drumming himself probably 99% of the drumming. Um, yeah. <laughs> I know, I know now. Okay. Uh, and then another fact is, yeah, the two actors, one of the scenes where is it, he gets repeatedly slapped across the face, um, in the initial takes, they used angles and sound effects to fake the slap. But in the end, they just actually filmed him just slapping him across the face. <laughs> so that's why his cheek was really red. Right. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, the thing is, I know exactly what the film is. Slumdog Millionaire, but. Oh, my neck. Oh, my neck, Ross. <laughs> Ross, my neck. I've been in a bad car accident. Oh, I'm going to be claiming for that. Where does a blame does a claim? Yeah. Oh, oh, my neck. Ah, oh, oh, it's all because of the accident, Ross. Oh, oh. We should do catchphrase. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear, it really hurts, Ross. It really hurts. Two grand, two grand I'm going to get for this. <laughs> Maybe I just shouldn't have said anything about the film and just done that. Oh, fucking hell, what's the name? <laughs> oh, my neck, my neck, Ross. Ross, my neck. Oh, it really hurts. Oh. It worse without that headrest. What? Oh. I don't know why I've never done this in charades. This would be the ideal uh, film. I can barely lift my Bailey's hot chocolate. Oh. You doing that is making this harder for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's one word, isn't it? Yeah. Um, oh, what's it? Right, Ross. Are you ready? Are you ready for? Are you ready for, are you ready for uh, Simon and Ross charades? Okay. <laughs> Phil. Phil. Right, okay. First one word. Two syllables. First syllable. Which? Whiplash. Yay. Correct, yay. <laughs> oh, no, I'm absolutely doing my head in that. <laughs> <laughs> I was cramp, pain, trap, nerve. <laughs> Emergency stop, no seatbelt. It was just fucking me up completely, you doing it. <laughs> yeah, if you'd have said if you said a Metallica song, I got it in an instant. 
yeah. Um, yeah, that that was a, that, interestingly. That is a class film. Really enjoyed it. Um, but a good friend of mine um, is a drummer, and um, I got in touch with him after it. I said, "Have you seen Whiplash?" And uh, he's uh, yeah, quite seen it. I'm feeling it. Ah, <laughs> like, oh, that's a, that's surprising. That, but yeah, it's a, it's a quality film. Is that I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's really usually well rated by musicians because it didn't get a lot of actors in the the, the, the yeah. actors that they did get in. I don't know if they chose what's he called Miles Teller. Yeah, Miles Teller in because he he, he did bits of drummer in the past, but he it's good that he he learned and practiced it. But I suppose I don't think anyone could go from simplistic to amazing sort of jazz drummer to do you know what I mean. So maybe it is. It, it's like if, if you're a photographer and there's a film about photography, you'll try and pick out bits, maybe. I don't know. I just, maybe, why did you say you didn't really enjoy it? Was it because of the performance? Or? Uh, no, because he's a snobby cunt. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, he didn't like horsepipe dicks either. <laughs> More fill him. He's to open his mind a little was bit. The, um, who was the, the the coach? Was that what's the name of that actor? Um, someone Simmons. It was uh, J.K. It, Simmons. Yeah, J.K. Oh, Simmons. He was. Right, um, it's not a, um... <laughs> Classic film. Classic film. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, he 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 was Peter Parker's boss in Spider Man. Oh yeah, he was. Yeah. Yeah. J. Jonah Jameson. That's the one. Yeah. <laughs> um, what else was he in? Because he's been in, he's been in a lot, hasn't he? Yes, he has, hasn't he? I don't know. He was really good. He was really fucking domineering in that film. Yeah, it was incredible. There was just something about it. It was. I think. Yeah. I think just... I, I expect... I've never. I've never seen it. Really. <laughs> no. You should. It's no, yeah. It's standing. I'm using it as sort of maybe my behaviour management tool for the team. <laughs> <laughs> You can draw. Yes, you can draw. Here's a pencil. <laughs> Say, masters. I kind of thought that um, you know what really sort of what I liked about that film is obviously they've got this really sort of tumultuous relationship throughout the film, and you kind of in any typical narrative you would expect them to slowly come closer and closer together, and then join mutual respect, and the relationship finishes up as being stronger than it's ever been. But it actually sort mm. of does the opposite. It's like the pressure that that the coach puts on his pupil ultimately drives them completely apart, and then they end up, you know, like a chance encounter in a bar, if I remember right. Or it's like yeah. the, the coach is playing in a band in this bar, and the, and the pupil sees him, and then they have like an inter they have an interaction, and then they end up doing a show together. But then the coach tries to jeopardize, tries to sabotage the kid's performance by I think he gives him a bit of music that isn't what the orchestra are playing or something like that gives him yeah that's music. right and um and and I was I was watching it I was thinking you know obviously he starts going off on one and he shows he's like you know the pupil becomes the master and he's like the master and he's like you know he's like fuck you starts doing it just just like Star Wars it's just like Star Wars yeah yeah, yeah. and and, <laughs> um, and 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 but then at the end I think they actually end up they're not friends, are they? Like the, the, the court, the coach becomes really pissed off and starts. Does he? Does he start getting aggressive on stage and starts destroying shit? I can't remember. 
Yeah, well, he basically just kicks off, like, and then the sort of the last performance is, um, well, it, it's Caravan, the song is yeah. is the end. Yeah. And it that was the song that I was trying to practice. So it was a bit of yeah. A, a, yeah, sort of going back to that and him just like trying to play it perfectly. But you're totally right. It was sort of like, you'd think it'd be sort of a nice happy ending, but it's it's like, it's more of a chaotic explosion of just, hating each other at the end really yeah. yeah you said it so perfectly you described the plot. and then that, that scene when um he's uh i think the kid is like he, he he leaves his music somewhere and it's like this really important performance and he runs home and he crashes his car and he nearly dies it's been a few years since i've seen it i was trying to remember yeah i think he's involved in like a car accident and then he's trying to get back and he's all he basically shows up to this gig half dead like the entire world yeah. was trying to prevent him from getting to this show and he's just going through all sorts and he finally gets there and his hands are bleeding and he's you know he's i think he's got like a fucking broken spine or something he's, he's just fucked you know and then he manages to he pulls himself out of this wreckage of this car to get the music and yeah but um i remember it being a a really powerful film like it, it had me totally gripped like and, and afterwards i was really hoping i thought i know i want to speak to about this film messaged me mate and uh, I, I, I thought I, I, it was one of them where I messaged him I said have you seen Whiplash and I was waiting I thought as soon as I send this I give it 30 seconds my phone's gonna ring and it'll be him saying let's talk about mm. Whiplash um, I waited 30 seconds and uh, my phone did bleep but it was just a three-word message that said yeah it's shite <laughs> <laughs> it was like oh fuck you know <laughs> <laughs> The simplest of reviews. Oh, that's a, a shame because I felt the same as you. There's something so powerful about it. I suppose if uh, it was just the resilience, it was just something about it. Just like if you work really hard, you can you can try and get it, but not in this sort of Disney princess sort of way. You can work really hard, and even if shit's terrible, you can still try and do it. But it's yeah, I loved it. It was, it's and it makes you think that you you're. You're an amazing drummer. After you start fucking tapping everything, all like all the watching... turned upside down in the living room. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, a piece of shit. I even pressed my dad just to get the vibe. <laughs> I, I, I think it must be really hard to find. To, uh, it's like doing a film that it appeals to musicians in, mm. in, in in a musical theory type. You know, in, for musicians who you know, create songs and music in a group um, to make a film that's so relevant and interesting, yet also appeals to the mainstream, to people who, you know, don't play instruments, to people who don't have an appreciation for what it is to learn an instrument. Absolutely. Uh, all of that stuff. What the fuck is Simon? Uh, I don't know. I was worried what body part yeah, that I was on top it. of his fucking camera. I, 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 <laughs> I, thought, I thought he had his perineum up against us. Up against <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I've just I, I just th uh, threw uh, wine all over my computer, so I'm just uh, tidying it up without um, without without disconnecting the Zoom call. <laughs> Do we need to write that up on Rotten Tomatoes and an alternative? Why, why, why are you cleaning it up with your tent? I'm not. I'm cleaning it up with the sock. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> that reminds me, it's greasy uh, strangler when. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Sorry, I was listening. It was fascinating what you were talking about as well. So it was. Uh, it was good. The, I think the point I'm making is that to make a film that appeals to musicians because of the technical musicianship put across in and represented in the film, crossed with the drama element of a, a relationship between two people. So it appeals to the mainstream audience who have never learned to play an instrument and don't appreciate that side of it, but also people who have learned to play an instrument and know what it's like to struggle to learn something or to hit a brick wall. And, you know, you're at a certain level in your skill, but you're trying to push through to get to the, you know, all of that, it appealed on both sides for me. Like I thought, I enjoy this as somebody who's been playing an instrument for 17 years and going through all those processes, but also somebody who just wants to sit and film and watch a film. It appealed to both of those aspects, and there's not many. I don't, I don't know if I can think of another film that does that, really. Uh, absolutely, and uh, um, even big respect to the actor. That I mean, he did a bit of drumming before, but the fact that he, it, there was even a, a bit of a clue in this that said so. Some of the blood that you see as a result of filming was just his general blood that he's. Uh, been obviously showing from he's just vigorous drumming as he's been doing alongside the film when he was trying to learn to keep up with the pace of the film and like the fact that his hands are just covered in blood anywhere I don't know if it was the point of the film to have that in or whether it was just because he was trying to drum and keep up with the pace of the film it's it's really interesting there's not many actors that you see that actually try and I, I mean other than method actors in, in that sense but learning a skill like drumming and an instrument isn't done overnight it, has a lot of perseverance and patience. So I don't know, you respect, uh, I mean, I don't play any instruments well, <laughs> but I can play a bit, but like, even as someone, like you said, who isn't, as a, isn't a musician, you can just sort of really appreciate the persistence and the motivation you'd give to, to learn an instrument. And it, you'd think it'd be even more appreciated by someone that probably does know how to. Master, it, I found I found it resonated. I mean, in two ways. First of all, like, because I've never been um, like professionally trained. Like, I I bought a bass guitar when I was in year seven, and 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 and, and have played it ever since. And and have been it has been I've been in a lot of different bands, and and the band that I'm in now, they are all sort of professionally trained, and they're all really good musicians who have the theory to back it all up. And that's one thing that I, I skipped out on all that. And it, it, it's almost harder to learn now. I've, I've spent 17 years listening to stuff and thinking, I'll, I'll learn that by ear. And then when you actually try and transpose something or when someone's saying, right, here are the, here's the chord structure, here's the key that it's going to be played. And, here's a, and how, how they can, can know what's going to work in a song for me, even though I've been playing for 17 years and I've got a really good ear, it's really hard to do because I've never had that theory down. So interesting. Yeah. I never knew that. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, I've, I've probably learned more about musical theory in the last six years of playing in this band than I did the previous 10 years teaching myself in my room, you know, but, and it's just being around people who have got musical grades and they've got, some of them have got masters in music. Some of them have, have been trained. Masters. No. <laughs> But that's the thing. I think maybe that's another reason why Whiplash resonated with me so so much is because I've been playing long enough to be, if I, you know, if if I was professionally trained for seventeen years, who knows how much better I would be than what I am from just persisting with it as a hobby for seventeen years that I do in my spare time, you know. 
Yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, in that sense of your progression as well, I mean, grades and it's like school, isn't it? Grades are sort of a clarification of your effort that you work and you can sort of test and sort of work towards. Whereas constantly learning how to play and train your ear without actually having any official sort of grading is sort of a an incredible sort of progression in itself, an incredible learning curve, because you learn differently. Like, learn to train your ear as well. It, does it... Do you know when you do you create your own stuff like in terms of your music like do you think it's an advantage in terms of you not knowing any known as much as maybe the the grades and the theory as others do you think that it's an advantage because you've learned sort of your own way of listening to music and uh, <laughs> and this has just turned into me interviewing now I've had to yeah. <laughs> Fuck the podcast. <laughs> I'm just I'm just sat in the I'm just sat in the green room waiting for my turn. So <laughs> Simon, I noticed you have a guitar in the background. <laughs> Are you in a jazz band now? Sorry, Ross. It's not jazz, Are no, you... it's like um I guess you would call it like um samba meets funk and dance. So it's 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 samba timings, um, but we've we're 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 more of a dance band now, actually. More like a chic type feel than like Earth Wind and Fire type disco vibe. But with, okay. but with samba rhythms behind it, um, and it's it's not complicated to play up here, but the timings are complicated here. Uh, yeah. And the musical theory that that's where it hinders me, it's, and you know, and consequently, when we're making songs, I I do feel like I'm about ten years behind everybody else. I think I think, I think the the one area where, like an educated, like learning from it is, if you're learning yourself, you do tend to stick within what you can do. Uh, and even if you you know if you know a certain amount of chords then you learn songs that are just in the chords that you know whereas if you go for lessons or you you get like a a degree in it or something like that they kind of force you to to go in a different direction and and learn everything um because that's what you know I I learned myself and you know I, I had like three lessons with a guy and he he sort of looked at what I could do and then kind of went in another direction to teach me the things that I didn't. And every time it's like bees. I can't do bees on my guitar. I just can't. I've tried so many times. And um, he, so he kept giving me songs that had bees in them. Um, like, sounds like very much like whiplash, but on a... Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. But going back to whiplash, I, the reason why I've not seen it yet is I saw when it came out, all, all of the reviews and, and everything that you saw about it was the scene where he's making and repeat the same thing over and over again. Yeah. And, you know, it's just a, he goes, right, let's start again. No, no, you're slightly out of time, just uh, slightly faster. No, too fast, slightly slower. Okay. No, a uh, little bit looser. Right. No, a little bit tighter. And by the end of just, just that scene, I was so wound up, I thought, I can't see that film. I can't see it. It's, oh. PTSD going oh. back. Oh, I'm trying to play the B. I am. I I'm can't do a B, man. <laughs> I can do C. I can do D. Yeah. I can do A. Yeah. Just keep giving us a boulevard of broken dreams to play on the guitar. I remember when we. Uh, I remember when we were in school, and it must. I think we. I'd have been playing for about three or four years, and we went to um, every every couple of years. The school worked in collaboration with this band that were like, um, they were older blokes, they were all seasoned musicians and they would basically go around the schools 
um, take um, players that were quite good, put them to a bit like School of Rock, but in Cumbria, and uh, and 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 they were basically you throw a bunch of people together, and and you would you know you would learn a song and then perform it in front of as part of a show in front of an audience. And um, and there was like you know the first time you would go that there was like me in a room of about ten other bass players, and the same happened for singers and for guitarists and all that. And it was quite you know it wasn't like hardcore or anything. And um, and I played in three of those. And the first one I went to, um, we sat down. It was the bass player in this band, and all these other bass players had been playing for a year or less, and I had been playing for about three times as long. And he was trying to. Oh, yes. He was. He was trying to. He was trying to show us this. Um, this. This riff, and I wasn't playing it the way that he wanted me to play it in terms of what these fingers w- were doing. So I was using this finger instead of that one, but the actual riff was perfect. There were other players in the room who were using the finger that he wanted them to use, but they couldn't actually play the riff properly. And he would keep stopping and he would saying, right, so Ross, you're playing, you're playing it the best, but I want you to use your pinky on these notes instead of that one. And, and then he, and I was like, well, I've, I've never, the way I taught myself, if I was taught professionally, then I would have done that automatically, but I didn't. So I've gotten into this habit for four years of using this finger instead. And it really pissed him off. And he kept saying, no, 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 no. Just do exactly what you're doing, but hold that finger back and use this one. And all of a sudden, it was like day one bass playing. I couldn't physically. I was looking at my fingers, and I was like, fucking. And I was like, this is like when I'm first learning this. Like, I can't physically get that finger to do that. And th- But then everyone else was like, he was like, well, watch him. And he was like, using his little finger. I was like, yeah, but he can't play what you're asking him to play. Like, he can do that with his little finger. Sure, great, fucking good on him but he can't actually play the riff that you're giving him. I'm playing the riff perfectly, but you're going mental because I'm not using my fucking pinky. I'll give you a finger. How's that for a fucking finger? I'll use that and that. <laughs> and it was all just a little bit, you know, And but again, that if I'd had that from the get-go and that whole, and that scene you just talked about, Simon, it's no, it's not that, it's that. And no, it's that. Yeah. And stop, stop, start, stop, start, stop, start, stop, start. That's the aspect that I hated. Yeah, because I never had somebody doing that. It was me in my room with my headphones, loads of sheets of tablature, and literally listening, playing, listening, playing. And it didn't matter how I did it, as long as I got there, yeah. it sounded right. I didn't give a fuck. You know, I could play it with my nose as long as it sounded right. I didn't give a fuck. <laughs> you played on his nose the entire time, and that. <laughs> yeah. I can I I play. Yeah, I could play that. I could play slap bass. Yeah, I use, I use me dick, but it sounded. It sounds just as good, I promise you. <laughs> Why don't you use your thumb? Now nah, I've used the cock for four years. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that's how you played. <laughs> Ross, I'd, I'd really much rather you use your thumb. Look, there's a room full of guys here using a thumb and it sounds shit. I'm using my dick and it's spot on. <laughs> Just put me behind a screen during the live performance. I'm I'm using my dick and it's spot on. Trigger warning through the podcast. (laughs) Oh dear. (sighs) I haven't laughed this much in age. 
I'm using my dick and it's spot on. Fucking hell. <laughs> I always rely me for a good title. <laughs> <laughs> I actually might watch Whiplash now after that. <laughs> if there isn't a scene where he's playing with his dick, I'm, I'm going to be disappointed. <laughs> oh, dear. Right, yes, thank you. Thanks, Michaela. <laughs> You're just oh. going to have to have, like, the... Um, <laughs> like, what do you call them? The Like, the off-cuts of a movie. What, what's, it's not the Outtakes. Outtake, yeah. yeah. Off-cut is more... <laughs> <laughs> the off cuts of the fat of a steak or something like that. Most of what we put in the podcast is off take outtakes anyway. I leave <laughs> leave the good bits out. <laughs> There's no point. If it was just outtakes, then the entire the entire thing would just be outtakes. There'd be so little legitimate <laughs> content. <laughs> all right, I am gonna have to have a wee now after all that. No worries. <laughs> Is it as it as uh, as you thought it would be? Were you nervous about doing a podcast? Not at all. Uh, nah. Well, I listen to podcasts all the time. Like even before this, I, I, I yeah. So I listen to the John Robbins and um, Ellis James podcast. Uh, so I really enjoyed that. And then I listened to Athletical Mints. We'll be through. Athletical Mints is absolute quality. <laughs> and there's bits of it that I don't get because I'm not obviously a football fan, but I sort of appreciate like it's weird because I remember like listening to one of the ones ages ago, and they obviously they said the market of it is like a football podcast, and then they noticed when they started doing their live shows, just like bits of odd people that used to turn up and know nothing about football and be like, I just love it because it's fucking hilarious. Yeah, like good. it's some of that I listen to, and I'm like, I, I recognise names and stuff like that. Obviously Peter Beardsley and. Peter Bates, your wife, uh, obviously, you, you recognise names, but I just, yeah, <laughs> it's quite interesting to know it started off as a football podcast and then it changed to just being sort of accessible and enjoyable yeah. by everyone. I'm exactly the same. I, again, my brother-in-law kept going on about it and um, I, was, I'm a, I was just a big Bob Mortimer fan. And, uh, mm. and I've, I've, anything that's got Bob Mortimer in it, I'll, I'll watch it or listen to it. And he used to talk about it and I thought, well, you know, I don't follow football. I'm not asked about football. I never have been. But um, you know, if, if it's a Bob Mortimer podcast, just because of how creative he is and how random he is, and it, I thought it's gonna, it's gonna be good. <laughs> uh, it's, it's characters, and, and it's, it's, oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. I, don't, I don't think you need to be into football to appreciate Atletico Mints. No, I don't. Think, I don't think you do. Yeah. <laughs> There's just something about it. <laughs> but yeah, I listen to podcasts like that, and then the off-menu one with James Acaster and is it Ed Gamble? I've got them up here because I'm so useless for like names. And then I've listened to a couple of teacher podcasts, and then Shag Married Annoyed, which is um, the one with uh, Chris Ramsey and his wife. That's pretty good. And I read their book, but I don't know. So I'm not nervous about podcasts or doing anything like this because I listen to them all the time. It's just talk and don't get scared to talk to someone. Yeah, it's almost like I think I think people because like people ask me about it all the time, saying, so, you know, you know, because it's amazing how many people have spoke to me about it and they think that there's like loads of preparation that goes into the material and you have like <laughs> you know, it's literally fun chat. Like 
<laughs> like you're just sat there talking shit and like you will like if you just roll a tape and you're having a chat with somebody that you gel with you'll there'll be good stuff in there you just don't realize it because you just you know you chat every day or whatever and then um, yeah i've had i've had i've had mates say to me like you must spend so much time preparing this i was like well first of all all the editing and all that's done by simon i said and secondly the actual preparation for the podcast is about as detailed as we're going to talk about marvel for two hours right and that is it you know that is it <laughs> That's I think you so... I think you're actually overstating it a bit there. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even that much. <laughs> but the, the only time it didn't work was actually when I was convinced that we didn't even need a format. And I was and I was insisting and Simon to be and to his credit was trying to convince me otherwise and I wouldn't have it. And this was during the first lockdown. I said no. We just let's just talk about anything that we're into, you know. Let's just go for it. And it was the shittest one, and we never even aired it, did we? No. Um, <laughs> because there was just no backbone. There was just a missing. I mean, to be fair, I, I was feeling ill as fuck that day for some reason. Yeah. Anyway, and my head was absolutely pounding. I, I just wanted to, to, to be done with it. But even then, like even trying and trying to get something going, it just didn't work, did it? No, well, I, I knew you were on a loser because I, I made a joke about Charles Dickens and you looked like I'd shat in your mouth. <laughs> I was just like, right, this this is not going to work. <laughs> we, we did try. It just, it was, I, I think I, there was nothing to fall back on, was there? I think that was the problem. No. You know, what? once we go off on a tangent and then we can gradually come back and then we can carry on to the next thing. And it just, it was, it was so loose. It, it was, it was awful. Yeah. <laughs> I have tried listening to it a couple of times to just see if I can pick a few bits out of it and, and that, and nah. Well, I think like, I remember before we did it, I had I had a couple of shots of espresso just to try and give myself a bit of a judge. And, yeah. and, then, and then I sat down and for about 15 minutes, I, I felt okay. And then I just went on a massive downer and like my head was spinning and I could barely pay attention to what you were saying. But I started getting a bit freaked out. I was like, are we burnt out already? Was that it? Like. Good <laughs> podcasts are done. Like that's it. Like we're going to do the next one. And that's going to be shit as well. Well, it was it never happened that one time, and it's because we didn't have any. We didn't even have a, a, a loose structure. It was just like now. I'm going to talk about Charles Dickens for a bit. <laughs> <laughs> next time on the Simon and Ross podcast. It's not so, too d- deep, but... So, does Scarlett Johansson play the... Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I, want, I want one of those. <laughs> uh, well, that's why I'm surprised you haven't watched it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or something, oh, yeah. the Bear Man yeah, or yeah. something. Um, uh, brought, brought Back Mountain. Uh, Jungle Book. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's oh, another, another one. Another one of the classics. Yeah. <laughs> See, that is a classic. Um, One's know? called Yorgi and Loves Jam Sandwiches. Oh, the other one it. is a powerful and emotional biopic. <laughs> that's the one. One of them has a statue in a <laughs> New York Central <laughs> Park. And there the similarities end. <laughs> <laughs> There is no, it's open for interpretation, which makes it even more frustrating. Like, nobody wants something open for interpretation. What, what about, what about, um, Inception? What, what? That, that's, that's left, that's left open for interpretation though, isn't it? Yeah, because, yeah, because you don't, you never see the top stop. 
Um, <laughs> so, so do you agree that that's completely pointless as well? No, actually, when I said that statement, I immediately disagreed with myself in my mind. Ha, 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 ha.